Hi, and welcome to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm Angie Cabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, whole person leadership facilitator, and your host. The Human Side of Business podcast is fueled by the genuine curiosity to understand how personal characteristics and skills can be leveraged to drive individual and team performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately organizational success within business. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, expanding our learning edges, and exploring the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of organizations. I'm so glad you're here. Hi there. This is Ange McCabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance, where our business is the success of your business. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, facilitator, and your co-host, along with Scott Rust of the Elevate Business Podcast. The Elevate Business Podcast is a journey of discovery fueled by curiosity to genuinely understand what makes people tick when it comes to their professional path, choices made, and the personal characteristics that drive performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately success. The Elevate Business Podcast is here to promote the enormous contribution of small and medium-sized businesses around the world by exploring the actions that make a workplace successful the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of an organization, and how we build whole person leaders from the ground up. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, growing our learning edges, and honoring our passions with a special guest who has elevated their businesses, overcome obstacles, and inspires others to do the same. So glad you're here. Hi, and a warm welcome to the Elevate Business Podcast. Both myself, Ange McCabe, and Scott Russ are your hosts. We have the pleasure of introducing you to Tara Kelly, who is the president and CEO of Splice Software, a serial inventor, published author, and founder of Splice Software. Tara is passionate about technology's potential to change lives for the better. She is driven to develop technologies that enhance operations, enable better service delivery, and improve the customer experience. This has led Tara to create three customer experience companies and turn an innovative idea into a patented proprietary technology. Welcome, Tara. Welcome. Thank you so much. What a lovely intro. (laughs) Our pleasure. So tell us a little bit more about your journey, uh, your role, and more about your company. I've been hearing great things, so I'm excited to dig in. Yeah, so I, I have always sort of described myself as a fall forward person. Um, I don't think you always have that plan exactly perfectly marked. You, you always have your goals, um, but you have to adjust. And I think especially when you look at, you know, Splice Software is 16 years old now. And so to say that this is exactly where I thought we would be, uh, I think is just, you know, is, is a comical statement. Um, but Splice is really never shied away from the obsession of what we wanted to do. Uh, it was how we did it, you know, sometimes that could change. Um, and so we've worked to patent technologies that allow customers to receive the messages they want, where and how they want. And that can be anything from text messaging to voice first as we increase our privacy. Um, but opt-in is at the fundamental core of all of it. So as we rally you know, our team and we look for customers, we want to work with companies and we want employees that really believe that we as individuals do have those rights and abilities. And as businesses, we need to uh, have tools to make it easier because I think we all want to do the right thing. And um, that's always been a fundamental belief for me as I think given the right information and opportunity, people will make good choices. Uh, We just have to present it to them in a way that's achievable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Okay. And so I'm curious with that mission, how does that play, I guess, looking internally at the team as to how you've grown the team and how you hire and things along those lines that align with your mission moving forward? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot. There's a lot in that question. It's a great question. Um, <laughs> we want to know that you're excited. Like, first of all, you, you have to be passionate about it because if you were to say, okay, I'm coming to work for a company that does, you know, emails, texts, robocalls and captures opt-in. I don't know. Does it sound sexy? Maybe, but maybe not. Um, but I think when we think about how we all live our lives and how much we interact with brands and the communications that we need to have done, you start to say, okay, wait a minute. I see there is an opportunity to connect with this value um, mm. of believing it can be better. And so an expression and an, a really strong part of our value is we believe it can be better. And it's, it's kind of one of our core five. And so they don't necessarily have to be like, oh my gosh, my favorite hobby is to study people's opt-in habits, right? That's not part of hiring. Um, but what we want to see is that genuine idea that I want to improve the world around me. I want to learn new skills. Mm-hmm. And that can show up as things like, hey, I'm going to try to learn how to you know, do paving stones in my own backyard and set this cool new deck because I have an appetite to learn and I have the confidence to try new things and try boundaries um, and that I want to believe it can be better. And so that's how you volunteer in your community, your city, your country, your larger online community. Are you active for things you believe in? Um, those are things that I think, you know, they're, they always were going to be there. If they're who you are, we're going to be able to see them in the way that you live your life and what your calendar says about what you value. Mm. And it really sounds like Tara, your, your passion has been baked in to this from day one. Uh, looking at it from the leadership lens, you had said something that intrigued me and it's all about improving new processes or new skills. And so from a leadership perspective, what can you tell us with regards to what you believe your leadership style is and your biggest learning, I guess, over the past 16 years? Oh, that's such a good one too. So I think my my leadership style is definitely, I'm not a micromanager. I am obsessed with the why myself as a human being. So my goal is to give my staff the why and that they take the time to give others the why. If you tell somebody why we're doing this and why it matters, there's all sorts of other insights and value they can add to the equation because we're really clear on the purpose and the goal. And, and like I sort of said at the beginning, sometimes your path might have a few you know bends and you, know, you see those entrepreneurial stories about how you you got there. They're not just the straight line. There's so much truth to that. It's crazy. Um, But so I think when you show up as a leader, this concept of confidence is really important because you're going to fight through for something you believe in together and you must have confidence, but there's a tight line there between arrogance that, you know, everything and that you can see what the future holds and don't worry, Mm. just follow me. I've got this. Um, And it tends to attract a different kind of person than the attitude of here's where we're going. And I believe this is what the world really needs and what we, where we need to get to. And if you believe that let's go on this journey together. So we really look for opportunities for people to bring their lens. uh, And we say sort of, we're a kaleidoscope of all the people that were and are us. Um, And as a, as a smaller company, you're going to know that sometimes not everyone can stay all 16 years. Some players are going to come, they're going to grow with you and they're going to move on to something beautiful and, and really staying foundationally connected to the why and creating a place of safety where we can choose to do certain journeys together and achieve successes and have these moments and then move on to our next one in a really safe place is critical. I, I think if you ask the question and you know, what's the biggest thing that you've learned, um, and it sounds simple, uh, you know, maybe, but it, it, it is until you get it wrong. Um, coaching <laughs> and, and really being a good coach is not easy. Um, mm. It's not about being 
you know, just kind. And it's, it's about, um, I'll go back to like a Toastmaster saying, but sort of like the meat and the sandwich, right? So here's something good. Here's something you need to work on. You know, here's the meat and then here's something good. Um, and there's a reason there's that two to one ratio, right? If not three to one. And, and so I think the thing that's been my biggest lesson learned is not just that it's important to have the meat and the sandwich with the good things, but everybody has their different opportunities of when that's okay. Um, so when something's happened, when you've had a learning opportunity or when there was a huge opportunity for improvement and you kind of stepped up to the plate and saw some of your team bat a six out of 10 and you thought, oh my God, we could have had nine points on that, right? And you got a six. Um, I think in those moments, you want to be able to realize, is this a team member that's okay to have this dialogue with others so that we can all equally share, right? Is this somebody who really needs it to be a one-on-one? Do they need a couple days, right? Do I need to see how they've reflected on this themselves? Is this about starting with the results first and then moving in? So there's, there's a lot of layers to answering that. And I think inherently all of us want to be a good coach, right? You want to be a good Mm -hmm. leader. You didn't show up to this job because you don't. Um, Mm -hmm. And that means you do care. Um, But if you want to play with a players, they want to grow and they want to be their best. Mm -hmm. So you think to yourself, okay, give feedback. Okay, here we go. Give real good, you know, constructive feedback, but it, (laughs) it it doesn't work if it's not coached in the right meal in the right environment. Right. And we think Mm -hmm. of that sandwich. Um, So I think that is probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that number one, it's not the same for everybody. And as the leader, it's your stinking job to adjust. It's not Mm -hmm. always theirs. Um, And, and so I think that that's, that's been, you know, you go like, oh, that works so great with so-and-so. Let's do that the same. And it's not the same, right? We're all, we're all individuals and that's part of the power of a team. Mm. Um, so I, I think that really is one of the biggest learnings I've ever had is um, creating space to really hear and listen um, so that you have the opportunity to really connect. Because when you do, that's how you get those, those moments of growth and people that stay with you for the right amount of time and go on to incredibly extraordinary things or, or stay with you for the whole journey. But, um, you you need that, you you need that. And I think sometimes as you're racing for a goal, it's, it's easy to pick some of the things that have worked for you before, right? We Mm -hmm. get this of a myopic lens. And the only way that I find I can get it right is if I create some space and pause, and really watch what is happening. What are the signals they're personally sending and then, and then find that win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. There's a lot in there. It's sorry, Scott, I'm super excited about adapting in that concept. And it's, it's really timely, especially right now for leaders to hear this message, Tara. Uh, it's amazing because oftentimes as leaders, we do just that. Okay. Well, I've had this experience. So I'm going to dump it on you the way that I've done it. Um, digest it and go with it versus the landscape that we're in. There's the necessity to, to listen, to hear, uh, and to conceptualize the fact that not everybody is cut from the same cloth by way of feedback and, and what they need from you as a leader. So powerful words for sure. Yeah. Tricky. I couldn't agree more, Raj. <laughs> you, you kind of reflected what I was going to say anyway. I, I really like the idea behind creating that space to listen to your team and hear what their needs are. And I would say it's probably required now more than ever where many people are shifting to a remote or a hybrid workforce mm. uh, and how kind of that plays out from the communication aspect. Otherwise, Tara, some other key points you brought up around um, speaking your why and having your voice heard then actually attracts others that are interested in that uh, to the team. And that align with what your views are. And I can imagine it makes it much easier to get everybody on the same page uh, when you're when you're speaking those words to others. And I'd be curious, you mentioned around um, 
your passion to improve the world. And so I'm curious, what was it that kind of drove you uh, towards improving the world? Uh, so people have found this funny before, and I, I don't find it funny at all. But um, I always have said software development is kind of like uh, gardening, uh, flowers and a beautiful garden. And if you architect it properly, it, it absolutely performs brilliantly without a lot of your interjection. So you time my spring blooms, my mid-fall, my second round, the double bloom. But it, it is required to architect it. You need to know how they like to be watered, what that data feed is. And it's so much like software. And um, so just a segue, my, my brother works with mentally handicapped adults. My sister is a neonatal nurse and I'm in software. And I think I do, you know, an immense amount to make the world a better place against some pretty tough competitors um, around the kindness and affecting human life. And so when you, when you take that and you look at this analogy I've always used against gardening is you must architect the environment to create those seamless experiences for humanity to rise. You must create these environments where technology is built into the journeys and how we live our life. Mm. Right? And that's, it's not just the technical architecture, but it also is, is the technical architecture of speed and security. Right. And so if I want to create a seamless opportunity for you to have your values met by the organizations in which you do business, I do need to think of those things because they need to know everything about you. But you're like, whoa, that's so creepy. They don't need anything I didn't tell them, right? And we, we talked about the opt-in at the beginning. And so you kind of have these two things, you know, polarizing opposites that need to live in harmony. And I think that's where really beautiful architecture comes in. And so um, I think technology for good, and that's a hashtag I use in a lot of different things where I see it pop up. And I think... Um, you know, it's the fun stories of breakout artists that are found on YouTube. It's shared cancer research. Um, it's being able to, you know, uh, have a QR code that loads and works and, and share our vaccine history with others at the right time. It's it's all of these little things. But the point is, we're trying to do things that are about human connection and, and taking care of our planet. And we need to build a share information with each other to take care of each other, um, mm. to take care of our planet. And we need to do it safely and securely. Uh, you know, we all want our, our fridge to reorder groceries for us, but we all want nobody listening inside of our home. Right. And so these, these things are in contrast. And so I think technology really has a phenomenally important role to play in the return of humanity um, and the, and the closeness of people. And we've seen so many great things come from this pandemic of just spending more time at home and slowing down that pace and looking what it looks like. At the mm -hmm. same time, there's been a monstrous explosion in voice adoption of voice first because people are in their homes and they're able to connect with all of these devices and intercoms between the homes. Right. And you look at what we've needed for fiber and optics. So I really do believe they both roll together at the same speed um, with some really nice natural friction points that is about architecture and choice, um, similar to a garden that just puts on a brilliant display at every season. Um, it is well thought out, and that's why it will look seamless as you wander through it, um, because it was seamlessly thought through. What is your journey as you walk through this place? That I find that parody quite intriguing, Tara, in the sense that one, I have a new appreciation for gardening that I haven't had before because quite frankly, I, I garden with shrubs most days, but most years I should say, but also in the sense of identifying that with the, the architecture and the engineering that you're working with on a daily basis and, and how it can impact people from a pot, a place of positivity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, running in the same vein, looking back into your organization, how do you set up your garden for performance for your team members? 
Yeah. Um, so you gotta, you gotta create space for those, those blooms that will, that'll hit three times a year, even though they promised two. Um, and by that, I mean, the over, the over performers, those opportunities, they could come out of anywhere. Um, and, and now they're part of the, part of the year and, and that individual, I think you also do have to, you have to prune. Um, there is no garden, great garden without pruning. Um, and so sometimes, it's because of a different journey is required. Sometimes it's because that's a shade loving plant and I won't overdo this analogy, but you, you get to a person and maybe they're like, they're just phenomenal at what they do and they're a beautiful individual, but they don't fit in your organization, right? You need to prune that. Maybe they were perfect for a time and they're not anymore. They've grown outgrown it. Have you ever had to you know repot a plant, right? Like, so all of those things are so true <laughs> in how we exist. Like at the end, you know, these are just growing species living in a beautiful uh, environment. And so I think for, us as a company and as a team, you want to create, again, it's, it's about moving at a fast dynamic pace. It's about measuring things on, on the regular. Um, and it's about making sure there's permission to adjust. We, we had someone come up the other day and they asked the question of like, can I change a KPI mid quarter? Right? Like, I just feel like, and is it, is it great that we had a lagging KPI as one of our indicators? No, it really wasn't. We want a leading KPI. But if you've mm. made a decision that no longer serves you, do you really win an award for continuing to do it consistently? Right. Mm. And I think I think it's creating space for change. It's creating the opportunity to say that, yeah, we're supposed to get these right. I know that. We know that. We all know that. Right. But if you know something, have an environment where it's okay to say, wait a minute, I know we need a pivot here. And I know mm. now. I don't have to wait for this next perfect reporting period. And I think depending on the size of your organization, this is not always an option, but to talk to companies that are in that midsize, when you're in that sort of in-between zone, trying to break into the really substantial, you have to play to all of your strengths. And one mm. of them is the ability to be more agile and to tweak tweak and turn and, and adjust faster than some of those large giants. Mm -hmm. And so build in the safety of process, yes. You know, security requires some hard, fast rules that can't be broken. Yes. But when they're the things that can be, have that flexible mindset because you will outperform because of it and you will really get the best of people. They'll feel safe. It's a safe time to bring this up. Mm. Um, and you know, if the answer is no, not now, that's no, not now, or it's not a crisis, but you want to create the ability, I think, to adjust. Um, I think that's really a really key point um, in order to achieve your targets and goals because, you know, the world gives you a lot of feedback um, yeah. and, uh, and it certainly is changing a lot these days too. And one thing that's, that's fantastic, uh, plant analogies and all, but one thing that kind of comes up for us a lot of times with clients and, and other conversations, and even within our own walls, it's like, when it comes to performance, one, there's always been like this stigma around, it's this thing that we do on an annual basis. And we just got to do it because what do you do differently so that there's team member buy-in to your performance yeah. process? Uh, so I borrowed this um, from, I believe it actually is Rockefeller Habits. And um, I, I loved this story. They said, you know, so we're going to go out to this event and we're going to watch this really great race. It's going to be amazing. We're going to get there early and we're going to stay for like six weeks. We're just going to keep cheering. They're just going to keep running around the circle. We're just going to go, go, go. Oh my God. Just live that out in your mind. And because of time, I won't like drag out the story, but on a stage, this is a very funny story to tell. Like you intentionally think it's really fun to come watch people run a race like endlessly without an end. So to answer the question is, it's the year you've got these metrics and KPIs you're trying to achieve. Make shorter races. 
It's just right. not that complicated, right? So people always say pulse often, pulse frequently. It's a little bit different than those measurement points. But for us, something we've become just obsessed with is doing a quarter. So it, it just means every quarter, you got 90 days to get her done. You're going to evaluate what went right, evaluate what didn't go as well as you wanted it to, make those necessary changes, have leading indicators, measure every two weeks as a company and create this momentum, right? And then no matter what happens, at the end of every quarter, there's two options. You can have the big celebration because you hit every one of your targets, or you can have the like consolidatory, like, hey, good job team rally. And, and it's a smaller gathering. Um, so we do that every time and we do a theme. So it might be be like light them up. Um, it might be something like um, back to basics. It might be something like uh, fired up. It might be something like get grounded. It might be right now we're doing the flying V. I mean, hey, we're Canadian. We love some hockey. Um, but the power, <laughs> and of course, Mighty Ducks, and no, it's not really legal, but some teams sort of do it. But the idea that everybody <laughs> can drive it forward into the net and you can just have fun with these things. They're fun. I think at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, nobody wants to do it. Right? Mm. So, so find ways to make it quirky, find ways to bring out the fun in things. But I do really believe if you, if you think about watching a race and you look at companies and, you know, companies that go on five years, 10 years, 20 years, you, you have to have these increments. You, it's not fun, right? We, we like these and our, our, our tension span is diminishing as well. So, mm-hmm. um, a couple of things in that one is obviously time, tighten it down, make it tight. Um, pulse frequently. We use awareness as a motivator. When you have people that care and they care about each other, just having somebody else know your results is a heck of a good motivator. <laughs> oh my mm. God, they're going to know I didn't get that cold in, right? I don't need to <laughs> yell at somebody. This is, you know, safe coaching, not for chastising small numeric events, but for finding an opportunity to see something differently or have tried it differently or to, you know, got help at a different time. Mm. The coaching is very different than a chastising mentality, but yet how do you drive accountability? Right. And so we really think awareness, like if you build awareness into that process, that can be a really big game changer. Mm, mm, that's so interesting in the sense of having the, the hybrid coach approach and accountability. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to like furthering growth around performance, what's the, what's the biggest thing that's coming up or the biggest trend um, for your organization this year? Uh, for growth and performance? Yeah. So I think you have to really look at what works and then be honest about what doesn't, even if it was fun. Right. Mm -hmm. So so, um, (laughs) you maybe had a really great campaign. You got a lot of hype out of it. You know, social loved it. You had the most clicks, but you had the highest bounce, right? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so I think one of the biggest pieces of advice just to be really tactical is you need to go from the objective, the why all the way through to the result. You Mm -hmm. can't just measure here. Right. And sometimes that moves between departments till a completion. Right. So if let's just hypothetically use sort of a growth sales based example of this brilliant marketing plan, drive a ton of leads. Every single one of those leads never makes it through the funnel because you don't have product market fit. So you developed a really sick, cool ad that attracted somebody that doesn't actually want to solve for the problem you solve. This is not a success. Right. And so I think my number one absolute biggest tip that we are trying to live Um, on a daily basis is really getting intimate with the lead source, right? What drove this and where they land in the funnel and at what speed, Mm. where are they? When did they get out of the funnel? Did they make it to the end? Are they a customer today? Are we upselling this customer? What's the margin? And 
you know, I would actually give it to retailers. I think retailers do it best. They know. They're like, I'm looking for women between 35 and 46 that like to, you know, go to the soccer field after work. And you're like, okay, they're making clothes for this woman. Got it. You know, you get somebody else, certain types of belts and wallets and like great retailers. Burberry did it really well. They understood who that buyer was. And once you get to a place where you're like, I know, I know my customer, mm. you got to be honest with yourself. You don't get to play the whole field. That's your customer. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think measuring for the entire life cycle of initiative as it touches every department um, is is the challenge we're, we're, we're taking on ourselves. Um, it's about that focus. Right. And sometimes recognizing, you know, what if we always come in, you know, third and we're not winning all of this, even if we love this product, is this our best product? Right. So reduce your skews. I don't know if you've heard that expression before. We don't think it happens. Yeah. Uh, right. Always, but reduce your skews. Like if you have to tell the perfect story and move it through at a predictable rate, the less things you have in there at different rates, the easier to predict. With mm. simple math. Mm-hmm. I, I'm almost getting the common theme here, Tara, is almost like what's coming up for me is less is more. So kind of like yes. you're testing out a bunch of different things, but then you're finding what works and you're sticking to what works and you're investing even further into what works to make it that much better, uh, both on the team level and as also for the company as a whole. Totally. It's a beautiful summary. Yeah. It's double down on what works. And you have to be honest with yourself when you answer the question of what works. Um, <laughs> Right. I think that's the hard part <laughs> because you can have sort of a, a, a temporary pipeline with somewhere in that process, whether it's product development, it works incredibly well. It's a great code. It's, you know, patented. It's this, that. Um, and, and I think it's around why do we exist in the first place? Did I solve for that? Is it happening? Are they connecting with that value? Um, and, and yeah, absolutely. Less is more. And if you want to expedite your growth, I think you see that with the unicorns that are coming out today. Quite, quite honestly. And you definitely see it too in the number of companies that go go under within that first year, first two years, or they don't make it past a series A. And, and those aren't the ones we talk about, right? They do a seed fund, they do a series A, and they're like, you don't have product market fit, you're done, right? You're burning too much cash, you've gone too big. And the ones that make it just have the most clean, most singular focus you could possibly have. And I think as you look at different business models, so supply software, we did one big raise. It, it was, you know, haven't raised money since 2008. And, um, you know, we broke even and we've been customer funded. And you look at, okay, what does that mean? Well, we've tried on different product market fit and we've been sort of customer led in some of our product development. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of great things about that and it kept you honest. Um, but we kind of worked through those learnings. And I think when you look at the funding models, you're really putting that thing on a monstrous accelerator. You either, you either do or don't find that fit, but you're doubling down on that singular focus early. And I think for your audience, it's a really good question to ask yourself, which of these companies are you? Because all of them are very good models, right? When you can get to 16 years old on an EBITDA-based valuation of a win, you're obviously doing something right. But the truth about focus um, and the, the need and the time to, to have it and how you choose to double down, it's true for both. Um, it's just the timeline that you're going to play it out on. And the risk of, not, of how big is the bet, right? Mm. How big is the bet you're making that you pick the right one? Um, that's an interesting question, especially with <laughs> the number of pivots people have had in the last little while. Yes, exactly. And I'm sure our subscribers would want us to keep you here uh, to ask more questions based on your expertise. Uh, but we asked all of our participants, Tara, what are three words of inspiration that you would want the world to hear? Mm, three only. <laughs> we can be a bit flexible here. Yeah. Um, I actually think I could just do it in three is, is 
maybe four, I guess it's four, I believe it can be better. Um, it, it, it's believe it can be better. You, you have to stay curious. Um, but I, I think you can just believe it can be better. And if we all keep showing up with that in our heart and mind, uh, we're going to see it come to fruition. Mm, that's fantastic. What a mantra to live by. Yep. I love it. Yeah. Believe it can be better. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you very much, Tara, for joining us today. We really appreciate you sharing your leadership and entrepreneurial insights with Intuitive Performance and our subscribers. It was my pleasure. Thank you. It was great to be here. And for those who would like to learn more about Splice Software, we're going to provide a link to uh, Tara's company's profile on the Elevate Business Podcast title page. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Business Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the program. You can subscribe to future podcasts at intuityperformance.com, where you can also sign up for webinars and learn more about professional coaching and our facilitation solutions available to help fire up your whole person performance skills and drive actions for success. Until next time, stay true to you and take care of each other. We are all better together. Thanks for listening to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm glad you could join us. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with our latest content, make sure to visit our website. The link can be found in the episode description where you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter and learn more about our whole person leadership services. Sounds interesting? Explore the whole person leadership cohort by Intuitive Performance, a unique program that offers unparalleled support to managers on every step of their leadership journey. Our program features evidence-based assessments, workbooks, group coaching, and interactive learning experiences to help you level up your leadership skills. Reach out today to apply to one of our upcoming cohorts. Until next time, take care and stay curious.